I'm going to be speaking out of the book of Romans chapter 5, the last 10 verses of this chapter 5. And most commentators, most theologians believe that the last 10 verses of Romans chapter 5 is the most complicated, most um, uh, hard scriptures to interpret. I don't agree. I believe chapter 7 is harder in the book of Romans. But we're going to be looking at the last 10 verses of Romans chapter 5. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there was no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, who abounded unto many, and not as it was by one that sin so is the gift, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more then which received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign to the righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to use for a subject tonight um, the first and the last Adam. The first and the last Adam. You may be seated like I said, a lot of people have difficulty with these 10 verses. By the time I'm done tonight, I hope that you'll say, wow, it's really smooth and it's wonderful and it's not that complex. It just shows us the marvelous power of Jesus Christ, the power of God. God had a plan and that plan he still has. And that plan is for you to go to heaven and be with him for eternity. Now, I want you to notice that in these 10 verses, you'll find the word repeated over and over again, one. There are, there are, in these 10 verses, you'll hear the phrase one. Twelve times you'll find the phrase one. You'll also find five times the phrase rain, not rain as falls out of the sky, but rain as a king rules. You'll find in these passages of Scripture where 
there is an image of what's taking place from the Garden of Eden to the time in which we will stand before the one last Adam, and his name is Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.45 calls Jesus Christ the last Adam. We'll be going to that in just a little bit. And everybody knows that Adam, of course, is the first man that God created. And Adam was, uh, he fell in the Garden of Eden along with his wife. And because of his sin, it was transferred down through the ages to where we are now. And death reigned upon all men. That's why men die today because the wages of sin is death. Now, I want to begin by saying, verse 12 through 14, you find one is the loneliest number you'll ever know. There ought to be a song about that. One is the loneliest number you'll ever know. And it's amazing where he talks about, by one man, sin entered into the world. Death come because of sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned, And then it says, for until the law was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. But death was. Sin was not imputed from Adam to Moses, but death was. And because Adam sinned, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Moses given the law from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Now, I want you to notice something that is very beautiful. Notice it says that nevertheless death reigned. It reigned from the time Adam sinned, and it reigned to the time Moses came, and Moses gave the law. People don't, lie, people don't die because they break the law. They become exceedingly sinful because they break the law. People die because they're born in sin. And that sin has been imputed to us, um, not through the law, but through the transgression of Adam. I want to show you something that is beautiful here in the seventh chapter of Romans. And we'll look at verse 12 and 13. It says, Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? Did the law kill us? No, God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good, the sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Why did God give the law? To make sin exceedingly sinful to mankind. Man was a sinner before the law came, but the law was given to make man aware and become exceedingly sinful in the sight of God. The law makes us exceedingly sinful. Amen? And uh, uh, the law's not bad. The law's good. But we tend to uh, disobey, uh, and, and we live lives that we shouldn't live because of the sin. Someone would ask, well, why, why am I being punished for Adam's sin? Well, the truth is, the whole world is being punished for Adam's sin. But we need to understand what it says here in verse 14. Death reigned uh, from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude. Meaning that you might ask the question, well, why would God punish me? I didn't sin like Adam. No, but you sin like you. Amen? In fact, your sin's worse than the sin of Adam. 
And the truth is, we all sin, and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we need to understand something that's very beautiful here. One man God held accountable for the death of the entire planet. He didn't hold you accountable. He held your federal head accountable. The federal head is Adam. God held the whole human race under the headship of Adam accountable for what Adam did. So the whole generation, the whole race of people, all the people that's been born from Adam till now are under the headship of Adam in the garden. God picks one man and says, I'm going to take that one man and I'm going to produce a second man or the last man. I'm going to take the first Adam and I'm going to produce a last Adam. And just as the first Adam brought the whole world plunging into sin and death, the last Adam, one man, Christ Jesus, one man plunged this planet into the mess it's in, as far as God is concerned, and one man, Christ Jesus, the last Adam, will take care of everything the first Adam destroyed and messed up. That's what we need to understand. We need to understand that God doesn't look at it like you're accountable for the whole sins of the world. You're not. I'm not accountable for what they're doing in New York City, San Francisco, or any other city. I'm not accountable for my neighbor and the sin he commits. I'm accountable to talk to them and share Christ. It's, you know, we should have no blood on our hands. We should speak. But the truth is, I'm not accountable for your sin. You're not accountable for mine. I got good news. We need to understand today in the sight of God, the whole world is accountable. And and he's going to hold Adam accountable for the sins of the world. And he's going to take his son Jesus, the last Adam, and he's going to pay the sin debt through the crucifixion of the Son of God. And the, the last Adam is going to take care of everything the first Adam destroyed and created corrupt. Isn't that beautiful? Now, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Obviously, we're sinners. But... Uh, God, I'm glad that God didn't say, okay, I'm just going to bushwhack every, every one of you one by one. No, God says, I'm going to pick one, the one that's responsible, the first Adam. He's the federal head of all mankind. And I'm going to br- pronounce death and, and, and judgment upon Adam and condemnation. But he said, I'm going to take another Adam, the last Adam, and I'm going to take care of everything the first Adam destroyed, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, is going to die upon the cross of Calvary, pay the sins of the first Adam, pay the sins of all mankind under the first Adam, and through the last Adam, Jesus Christ, we'll all get to go to heaven because God chooses one man, one man. He chose one man to condemn and said they're going to die. And under that one man was the federal head, Adam, he chose one man. He chose one man to literally destroy, and that one man under the race of people that he produced. God is going to deal with the one man, and then he's going to take another one man, and that, uh, the other one man is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the one man. When I look at this, uh, one is the loneliest number you'll ever know, 
And once again, I keep thinking of a song, but one is a lonely number. We're going to stand before God alone. One is a lonely number. We're going to face the graveyard basically alone. One is a lonely number. We're going to go out into the world, out into heaven, out into the judgment throne under by ourselves alone. But I got good news for you. You can either go out to face God in the, under the authority, the, the federal head of Adam who sinned and fell. You can go out a sinner under the sins of Adam, or you can go out to the throne room of God under the care and healing and protection of Jesus Christ, the last Adam. Isn't that beautiful? So if one is a lonely number you'll ever know, then one is a beautiful number we will ever find. And that one is Jesus Christ. Just as one man brought sin into all the world, and God condemned that one man, the wages of sin is death. Just as God condemned that one man, and under his headship, the whole human race dies. Just as God took that one man and condemned that one man, because he's punishing one man, and everyone, all of his descendants under him, he can take also that one man, Jesus Christ, and he can produce eternal life and salvation, and under that one man, we can walk streets of gold. Jesus Christ, the one man. Amen? We can go to heaven because of what that one man did on the cross of Calvary. Because God had a plan. Let me point out to you some things that's real important that you see this. I, the law didn't come to make us sinners. The law came to make us aware of sin being exceedingly sinful. The law is good. It's holy. It's pure. But the law came to, so that we'll feel our exceedingly sinfulness and our great need of salvation. That's what the law is about. The law is to bring us to Christ. The law is the schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. The law is to say uh, we're smitten, so we come, to, we come to the last Adam. We say, okay, the first Adam, look what he's done. And, and you, you don't blame Adam for everything. You, you've got plenty of things that you've done yourself by the nature that fell upon you, by the sinful spiritual nature of Adam, you fell into sin. You were born into sin. But Jesus Christ comes as one Savior, one Savior. And God loves the word, God loves the number one. There's one salvation. There's one blood that washes our sins away. There's one Savior of the world, one Messiah. There's one salvation that we repent of our sins and come to Jesus Christ. There's one way off of this planet alive. There's one way to snatch us from the one failure of Adam in the human race, and that, that is the last Adam as Jesus Christ came to be the last Adam of the world. It doesn't say the second Adam. It says the last Adam. Now, I want to point out some things because it's, it's important that you see this. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, when God creates the earth... In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he said, Let us make man after our image, after our own likeness. Now, you have to understand that that phrase was not about looking like God as he was when he created the universe. That phrase is about God making a last Adam. 
Let us make man after our own image, after our own likeness. So he makes an Adam. And this first Adam he makes with hands and eyes and ears and torso. And, and, and all the time God is making this first Adam. He's, he's making this first Adam to be in the image of the last Adam. Do you see what I'm talking about? And so the last Adam's going to come along and take care of everything the first Adam messed up. We said, let us make man after our own image, after our own likeness. And so he did make man after the image of Jesus Christ. He made Adam after the image of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Because God is going to take this one Adam, the last Adam, and he's going to use that last Adam's voice to articulate to holy God. He'll use that last Adam's eyes to search the sick and the, and the uh, suffering and those that are under great uh, heaviness. He'll use that one last Adam to walk the streets of Galilee or the streets of Jerusalem and heal the sick, raise the dead. He's going to take that one last Adam to go to the cross of Calvary and and die on the cross of Calvary to shed blood, one blood, one cross, crucifixion, one Savior, and Jesus Christ is going to go to that cross and he's going to die, that last Adam, and he's going to bring about eternal life for all that are under the curse of death. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. I think about that and I, you know, I rejoice in the fact that when God, God had a plan to save us from the start. From the very start, God had a plan to make a Adam, uh, the last Adam, like the first Adam. The Bible says that the first Adam was a type of the last Adam. Did you hear me? We read there in the verses that Adam was a type. The first Adam was a type of the last Adam. So if the first Adam is a type of the last Adam and not vice versa. Jesus was not a type of the first Adam. Jesus was never a type of the first Adam. Jesus never sinned. Jesus, Jesus never uh, broke the commandments of God. Jesus was pure and holy. But Adam was the first, and he was a type of the last Adam. And that's why I say when God made man from the dust to the ground, he said, let's make him after our image, after our own likeness, after God's salvation plan. Let's make this man after God's salvation plan. That's why Jesus Christ said, you want to see the Father? Look at me. I and the Father are one. That's why Jesus came to show us who God is. For God took upon him flesh like ours. And he, inside of Jesus, God was reconciling the world unto himself. That's the great plan of God. Are you listening to me? This is a tremendous chapter, uh, uh, last part, these last 10 verses are tremendous in power, tremendous in, in the things of God. And, and when I look at it, I see the depth of the gospel of Christ. That one man that would come, Jesus Christ, he would reign over death, hell in the grave. He would, uh, uh, until Jesus Christ came, death reigned upon all men because of all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Until Jesus Christ came, death reigned upon all men because Adam sinned. And through Adam, we inherited through spiritual uh, uh, likeness. We, we fell into our sin. We fell into the sins of Adam. And so God chooses, okay, I'm not, God says, okay, I'm not going to punish this man. 
I'm not going to punish Brandon. I'm not going to punish Jerry. I'm not going to punish Dale. I'm not going to punish Bill. I'm not going to punish Richard, Lazarus. I'm not going to punish Jack. God says, I'm not going to punish them. I'm going to punish Adam, the first Adam, who fell into transgression. I'm going to punish him as a race of people. I'm going to announce death would be handed down to all men. Death would continue to fall upon all men. And so he says, I'm not going to punish Jerry or Joel or Jack or Chuck. I'm not going to punish them. I'm going to punish my son, Jesus Christ, in place of their punishment. And I'm going to correct what Adam did so that the last Adam can correct everything the first Adam did wrong. And, and just as Adam... You know, Adam was made after the image, after the likeness of God. But listen, it wasn't the first Adam that really was made in, in the image and likeness of God. It was the last Adam that was coming. That was the one that was made in the image of God. And you need to understand, too, that it says that God created man after his own likeness and in his image. But when you get to, where is it, the fifth chapter, fourth or fifth, I think it's the fifth chapter, you get to the genealogy of Adam, and it talks about Seth. And he says that Seth was made in the image of Adam. So all of humanity is made in the image of the first Adam. So God wants to come through, the, through Jesus Christ who's made in the image of God. And he wants to save us and give us eternal life so that we can be made in the image of Jesus Christ through a born-again new birth to giving our hearts to Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? I, I, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I stop and think about Jesus Christ chose to come to the cross of Calvary and break down all the things that the first Adam did in order for you and I to go to heaven in the last Adam. In the last Adam. I'm saved because of one last Adam. I'm saved because of one Bloodletting on the cross of Calvary. I'm saved because of one glorious crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I'm saved because of one glorious move of God. I'm saved because of one plan of God. God planned to save me before he ever made the earth. God planned to save me before he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. God chose to punish Adam as the federal head of, the, uh, of humanity. But he says, when I bring judgment, just as Adam brought condemnation to the whole world, just as Adam brought destruction to the whole world, he said, my son Jesus, that one Adam that brought destruction to the whole world, then another one Adam, the last Adam, will bring eternal life to the whole world. Yeah. So we need, to, we need to understand that God is dealing with his creation. He's dealing with the people of his creation. And we need to understand that when God is dealing with the people of his creation, he's choosing us. You say, well, did God choose me to be saved? He chose Jesus, and your job is to get in him. Jesus is the chosen one. Jesus is the elect. Jesus is the one and only predestined son of almighty God. Jesus is the savior of the world. And in order to get to heaven, 
is to get in Jesus Christ. Because in the first Adam, you'll die. All men die. All men fall apart. But to get in the last Adam, all men are made a quickening spirit. They're given eternal life as we get into the last Adam. Uh, let's go back here to 1 Corinthians 15, and let's look at God's plan. This is God's plan. First, one is the loneliest number you'll ever know, and, and I understand that. It is. To die alone would be a, a horrible thing, and we know that the beautiful number you'll ever find is that one Jesus, one Savior, one Lord. God has one great plan, and I've shared this great one plan with you already but look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45 through 49. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That is flesh, that is a soul that can die. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit, a savior of the world. That last Adam is Christ. Albeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And after that which is spiritual, the first man is of the earth, earthy, that's Adam. The second man is the Lord from heaven. That's the last Adam. As, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, which we have, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, the image of Jesus Christ. And so when we're born again, we bear the image of Jesus Christ. And just as when we were born into this world, we had bore the image of the first Adam. And because of that, we have the spiritual sin nature. And because of that, uh, we, we're, we're separated from God. Just as that, we need to say, when God chooses that one Savior, Jesus Christ himself, reconciling the world unto himself, Jesus Christ, he says, I'm going to choose him. And if you choose Jesus Christ, if you'll come to Jesus Christ, if you'll give your heart to Jesus Christ, if you'll come to him and rest under the shadow of his wing and his protection, I'll save you. That's God. That's his redemption. Isn't that beautiful? So well, why did God make man? Well, let's, let's look at, for, uh, let's, get a little, let's get a little clue to this. Notice it says, how be it, that was not first, which is spiritual. God didn't create the, first, the last Adam first because the last Adam wasn't created. His body was created, but the last Adam always lives forever. He's the eternal Godhead. But notice he says, the, he said, it was not the spiritual that came first, but it was the natural that came first. And after that, which is the spiritual? The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So we know by that verse of Scripture, very clearly and very plainly, God is saying, I planned this when I created the first Adam. I, 
I breathed into Adam's nostril the breath of life. I made Adam after my image, after my own likeness, not the image of Adam, the first Adam, but the image of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. I made what Jesus Christ was going to be. One day walk the streets of, of Jerusalem. One day walk the shores of Galilee. One day go to a cross of Calvary and, and blood let his blood out of his veins for the sins of the world. I'll make one Adam that will release all that the first Adam avalanched upon the earth. And I'll take that one Adam and I'll save everybody through that one last Adam. Amen. I, this is deep stuff when you think about it. This is really deep stuff. Stop and think about it. God chose to condemn the first Adam. Condemn him. Condemn him to death. He chose to pronounce death upon him. One. Everybody say one. Chose one. Well, if one brought all the havoc and the death and the destruction that we look at today. If one first Adam brought all the death and death reigned upon all men even before the law of Moses, if his transgression, that one man brought such havoc upon the world and God chooses to condemn that one man, then God can bring about another one man and his name is Jesus Christ and God is going to make a last Adam, and that last Adam is going to pay the sin debt for the first Adam and all his descendants. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? I love it. Jesus Christ is the quickening spirit. He's life. Now, there are some similitudes to, uh, to the Scripture says very clearly that the first Adam was a type of Jesus Christ. It's not Jesus was a type of the first Adam. No, 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 no. The first Adam was a type. He was a mold. He was a blueprint. The first Adam was a, was a carved out dust pile. And God's going to form this and, and he's going to make the last Adam. He's going to make a type of the last Adam. Full knowing that the first Adam would sin and all the world would fall under death because he'll be the federal head of the whole world. And so God says, I'm going to make me a type of Adam. And he's called the last Adam. And I'm going to form him. And when God is making Adam with a nose and eyes and hands and, a, and feet and, and a torso and, and a voice and vocal cords and a way to breathe and a way to move about, God is saying, okay, I'm going to step inside of this type in the future. I'm going to be born of a virgin Mary in the future. I'm going to come to the world in Christ, my son. And my son is going to be the last Adam. And I'm going to break the powers and, and darkness of hell and the grave because I'm going to be that quickening spirit. 
Let me put it. I want to simplify this. I want, I want you to understand something. You say, well, that person's chosen to go to heaven. That person's not. No, 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 no. God don't choose this person, that person, this person, that person, this person, that person to go to hell. God doesn't choose any person. He's not, he, you're not the elect. You can be called the elect as a group, but you're not the elect as an in, individual. You can be called the chosen of the group, but not an individual. You're not chosen as an individual. You're not the elect of an individual. The chosen one is Jesus. Christ, and he's called the chosen one. He is the great elect. God elected him to save the entire world. And so God chose one, one way to heaven, one Savior, one last Adam that would die on the cross of Calvary, go to one tomb, rise again from the grave for every tomb. Go to death, one death, and rise above all death. That's so good. That is so incredible when you think about what God did. And let me explain it to you this way. I don't have a $100 bill in my pocket. But let's say this Bible is the Word of God, and it is, by the way. Let's say Jesus is this book, and, and he is in many ways. He is the rhema, the, the, the verbal word of God. He's the word of God. And let's say I don't have a $100 bill in my pocket, but if I'll take a $100 bill and put it right here between Isaiah, let me look here, Isaiah 51 and Isaiah 52, and I put that $100 bill right there and I fold it together, everywhere this book goes, that $100 bill goes. Are you hearing me? Everywhere this book goes, that $100 bill goes. I can hand it to Josh. He can hand it to Jerry. Jerry can hand it to others in the room. You can take this book downtown, hand it to anyone. And wherever this Bible goes, that $100 bill is going. And that's the way it is by being born again through the blood of Jesus Christ and the protection. God chose one. And he chose you to be the valuable salvation. You're that $100 bill or one you know, soul that needs to be. And God put you in his son. See, his son is chosen. But God takes you and puts you in his son. And then God, wherever his son goes, you go. And you began to bear the image of Jesus Christ. Because wherever he goes, you go. Isn't that good? Wow. So the most beautiful part about salvation is being born again of the word of God and being placed in Jesus Christ. For he is the chosen one. He is the elect. And in him we move and have our being. In him we live and move and have our being. In Jesus Christ we go to heaven. I'll close with this little phrase that Jesus gave in John 14. And you've heard it. Some of you can quote it as I'm going to. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is saying, you get with me, and we're going to go higher and higher. You hook up with me, and we're going to go places you've never been. You go to me, you come to me, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You trust me, you receive me, and I'll make sure that you go to heaven. He said, I'm going to go and prepare a place, going to come back and get you and take you home. And Jesus Christ said, where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says, we don't know the way. Where are you going? And Jesus says to Thomas, when he says, we don't know the way. We don't know where you're going. It's kind of like Jesus was saying to Thomas, have I been so long with you that you don't know what's happening here? He said, show us the Father, and it suffices what the disciples, show us the Father and it suffices. And Jesus Christ said, have I been so long with you that you don't realize that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's in verse 6 of John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Well, how do we get to heaven? We don't. Jesus does. We just hitch a ride. Honestly, if I gave you a Elon Musk rocket today, said, here, find your way to heaven, shoot, you'd be in trouble. Because a rocket's not going to take you to heaven. If I told you, well, here, let me tell you how to go to heaven, give you all the rules and the, and the guidelines, let me tell you how to go to heaven, you'd still be in trouble because preachers don't agree. You see, you can't go to heaven because you don't know the way. But if you know Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to know the way to heaven, his name is Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus Christ is trying to tell his disciples, look, I am the way. I'm coming back for you. I know the way. Amen? I kind of see, like, see it like this. Jesus came from heaven to earth and abode with man. He came from heaven to earth. He died on the cross of Calvary, was put in a tomb. He rose again from the grave. He took his blood back to the Father on the holy seat and returned back to earth. He's with the disciples for 40 days, 10 days before Pentecost. And he's with the disciples with proving with infallible proofs he was risen from the dead. He gets on Mount of Olives and he tells his disciples, he blesses them, and he slowly wraps himself in a cloud of glory and disappears into the heavens. Well, if he's from heaven, and he is, if he's been back and forth to heaven several times, and he has, and if he's in heaven now, don't you think he can find you? Don't you think he can get you where you need to go? The whole, the whole lesson in, in, in Romans chapter 5 is that it is this one man that can take us into the very presence of God. It is this one man that saves us. And not only does he save us, he pays for the transgression of the first Adam. And so 
those that will get in the ark, those that will get in the person of Christ, those that will be drawn by the Spirit of God into the person of Christ, those that will get in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has chosen you through His Son. God chose you through His Son. Jesus Christ has made you the elect through His Son. And Jesus Christ says, okay, I'm going to condemn the world that is in the image of Adam, but I'm going to save the world that's created in the image of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. That's what the fifth chapter of Romans is about. And sin abounds because grace, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. See, I've done too much. You know, I've, I've been too bad. I want you to know there's not, a, there's not a mountain so high that the grace of God can't go over. There's not a valley so deep that the grace of God can't plunge through. There's not a sea so deep in the water that the grace of God can't go down into the very bowels of the depth of the darkness of the sea. There's not anything that you've ever done that the grace of God cannot abound over, abound over, abound over, abound over. That's what being saved is, being abound over. Much more grace does he abound upon us. And now death does not reign on you and I as a king. Death does not reign on us as children of God as a king because we pass from death unto life. Now life, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, now that spirit of life reigns on us. I love it, don't you? Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. I hope you enjoyed today's lesson from God's Word. This is not an easy chapter. Uh, uh, Romans 5, the last 10 verses are not the easiest verses to exegete or apologetic or whatever you would do, eisegete or whatever. Okay. I don't know what that word means. It don't matter. You now know what the last 10 verses of Romans means, don't you? You know what it means. You know that Jesus Christ is that last Adam, and he came to wipe out death, hell, and the grave for us. I love it. You know, I, I used to hear preachers preach years ago, well, God formed Adam from the dust of the ground. He breathed into Adam's breath of life, and now God's going to make a little creator, and, and, and he's going to be just like God, and this person that made out there is going to be just like God. Wrong. He's making a type. He's making a model. He's a typology. He is a shadow of the Adam that will come. And when he made the first Adam, he made it fully in his plan that he would come back as the last Adam and mop up everything that the first Adam messes up. That's our Savior. That's our Savior. Say, why would I be judged for Adam's sin? You're not being. Death reigns upon all mankind because of Adam's sin. You have sins of your own. That's true. But you're not being condemned for Adam's sin. But the whole world plunged into death because of Adam's sin. It reigned. Death reigned upon the whole world. And so God says, I'm going to take care of that in that last Adam. Jesus Christ. Amen. Was Adam... Adam, in the fifth chapter of Genesis, Adam made Seth after his image. I'm sure glad that God made Adam in the garden, there in the garden. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I'm sure glad he made that first Adam. 
after his image of what was coming. God had already decided to save us before he ever even made us. Isn't that beautiful? God already decided to save us before he ever made man. Amen. Get in Christ.